Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. You are listening to Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. The show is every Thursday at 7, right here on Seattle Sports. Seth Kim broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. He's back. The star of the show. Oh, yeah. The guy everybody comes to see, my guy, Paul Moyer, a.k.a. Moyer. How you doing, man? I was a little jealous the last couple of weeks. I was seeing some of the tweet, or I guess it's X now. I don't know what we call it anymore. But, uh, and then, you know, thanks, uh, B. Walt, for, for filling in here. And, but, yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's your baby, you yeah. know. And you and I have been doing this for a while. So thank you. Good, good to be back and uh, good to see some friendly faces. Missed you, my, my man. So he's got the nice, bright, wine green thing there so he's got to make sure you see him i also needed to make sure that we had won a game before i came back I, yeah I, paul I knew he goes look man <laughs> i ain't showing up for losses no he's a winner he shows up for Amen, wins brother and it, speaking of that like how crazy a week right after the first week we're thinking what is going on with this team what are we going to do right yeah the rams come in to lumen something we haven't been accustomed to the last few years teams coming into lumen and just doing their thing and we're scratching our heads, we're saying, what's going on? We're listening to Pete Carroll. He goes, look, maybe I amped up the situation too much. Maybe our guys weren't ready. You go in at halftime, you're up, you come out in the second half, you only get 14 plays offensively. The Rams did a good job. You got to tip your cap to the Rams because we know that they play us tough. So then the second week comes around, and we look like offensively the team that we thought we were. Geno Smith has himself a day. He goes for 328 yards, two touchdowns, and uh, Tyler Lockett, reintroduces himself to the nation. Seems like every year he has to do it. But when you look at week one, Moyer, you look at week two, what stands out to you? And by the way, realtor Tyler Lockett, I just was listening that he sold uh, DK Metcalf his house. Did he? Yeah. And I don't know. It was probably, I, I heard some numbers, three million plus. Not that Tyler needs the money, but uh, that's a good, nice little payday. Um, <laughs> I, look, whether they were ready or not the first week, I, I think they were ready. We, we were up at half, 13 to 7. We played pretty well. Matter of fact, we probably should have been up 20 to 6. Right. Um, there was a lot of youth um, mistakes along the way, and I, I won't call all those out. And I just think it was just that transformation. And, you know, Bobby Wagner grabbed them, you know, on Wednesday's practice, and I think it was just it's attention to detail. Stop playing this game like you're playing in the backyard. You're not. This is professional football. Get lined up. Get ready. Stop playing around in disguise and stuff. Stafford knows. I mean, if anybody's watched Hard Knocks and Aaron Rodgers, Aaron goes, I know when you're coming. I know when you're not going to blitz, right? So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so Stafford's the same way. I mean, this guy's a 15, 16-year veteran. You're a young guy pretending you're going to blitz on second and 18, no. and you're sitting the slot guys out there, and he looks and he goes, I'm just going to throw a quick pass and we're going to pick up 12 yards or 15 yards. All of a sudden now it's down to the one-yard line. There was just a lot of that, and I think they made those corrections going into the game against Detroit. If you told me today we're one and one, I'm good. I didn't think it would be in that order. Uh, I think the Rams were obviously much better than we all anticipated. Great game plan. Second half, for whatever reason, just throw it away. It was just a bad second half. A lot of mistakes, a uh, bunch of three and outs. We didn't convert defensively on third downs that was you know it was just a bad one of the worst second halves as a team I can remember they, and this is what I love about Pete Carroll and the Seahawks is they do throw it away 
go into a hostile environment. I mean, mm -hmm. Detroit had just beat the defending Super Bowl champs on Thursday night. It wasn't the real team. Uh, yeah, Chris Jones was yeah, out. Kelsey yeah, was that's out. That's the asterisk thing. I'm just saying, you know, I got to yeah. be devil's advocate sometimes. You know what I'm saying. But it was whatever that asterisk was, they went on the Still road matters. into Kansas I mean, City and beat won. Patrick Mahomes, who's, right. you know, I don't care how. He, there's a few quarterbacks in this league that can win with not a, a superior team. He's one of those. And look, they had um, um, drawing a blank on my my running back, the statue, Barry Sanders. They had Barry Sanders, uh, the statue unveiling, coming off that win. They'd won. They were the hottest team in the league last year. We thank them to help us get into the playoffs. And I actually thought we, I don't want to say maybe dominated, but I felt we were in control of that game the whole way, even though it went into overtime. I just felt we were a better team. And it was just the way we executed on everything. Um, so I'll leave it at that. Leave it at that. Moyer came out hot. He said, look, man, I've been chilling for two weeks, man. I got a lot I to say. I'm going to let you know how I felt. <laughs> and I miss you, and I appreciate you for that, it's like man. like when I come home from work. My wife's like, <laughs> she's hot. She wants to talk. She wants to talk. Yes. So let's keep talking then. Okay. We're just getting started. So there are some things that happened from week one to week two. The biggest thing, in my opinion, offensively was that your tackles weren't available. Went all last year with Abe Lucas ready to go, with Charles Cross ready to go, and now you got to sub some guys in. Stone Forsyth. I want to say this. I want to tip my cap to the, the draft class of 2021. All right. Only have right, three. Give it to me. Only have three. Yeah, Stone Forsyth. Yeah. Yeah, D. Eskridge. Yeah, Trey Brown. Two of those guys played a lot in this game yeah. against the Detroit Lions, Stone Forsyth being one of them. Um, and then we had Jake Curran, who Big Ray really likes. I was concerned about pass pro. When I looked at that very first series, they came out and protected those guys with the tight ends. Mm. Man, we weren't Early. talking much about uh, the right and left tackle. No, I, look, the, the heat uh, – the heat – look – I felt like Shane Waldron needed to do a better job of creating opportunities uh, against the Rams. They, they, they kind of knew what we were going to do. I mean, they really did. I mean, they were even pointing things out, and they really they, they jumped our routes. Um, I thought he did a much better job of freeing guys up, and I thought the game plan was brilliant the way they did it. Uh, Geno Smith, I, I was, you know, I, I said he has to throw contested passes. You can't wait for them to be open all the time. And he did that in this game. He made some really tough throws. And more importantly, we talked about uh, Jake Curran, who, who really played well. But the, I thought the tempo was set early on when uh, Will Disley, Uncle Will, man, he they, they kind of chipped on Hutchinson. And it was a big time Got him hit. in the ribs. Oh, man. And I thought that, well, it didn't completely slow him down because I thought Hutchinson still played well. He just did, wasn't productive. But I'm going to go right to Geno Smith. Geno Smith was brilliant last week. When he felt pressure, the ball was out. You know, so it felt like the protection was awesome all the time. And it was pretty good, but it wasn't perfect all the time. Uh, he made it perfect. And that's what a great quarterback can do. Right. But Jake Curran played fantastic. Stone Foresight, who I think has one of the coolest names. First name Stone. <laughs> I mean, Stone. I mean, that's just a cool name. He played really well. He actually passed protect fantastic so a uh, good game plan i mean we needed uh canine to play well he played well we needed dk to come up with some big plays he came up with big plays most underrated guy in the nfl in tiger lockett he came up big and i thought the defense played big in in big moments 
So we're, we're talking about Gino and how we felt he had a good game. There was a moment late in the game where mm. everybody is losing their you-know-what. They're you talking about. you want to tell about, them what we were doing? What, what we were doing. We were, all right, so this, let me paint the picture for you. Away <laughs> games, we're at the radio station, and we watched the game in a, a glass office, right? If you guys could see us in this office, we are emotional. Right now, you know, we're, we're composed. Got Moye with his legs crossed and stuff. We're talking to you. But if you guys can see us during this game, every emotion you feel, we feel, and we are just over-exaggerating that stuff. We saw the sack by Gino, and we're losing our minds because we don't know what's going on on the back end of that. All you see is the, the box and what's going on within maybe 10 or 15 yards. And um, after the game, I heard Gino's explanation of why he did that. And it made me feel better about the situation because there was a plan. But in the moment, it looked like Gino was just running for his life. He had no plan to throw the football down the field. But after listening to him, I go, okay, I can accept it. I don't like it, no, I but, I, like but it. I can accept it. Yeah, I, I didn't love the answer. but You didn't love the answer? No, I what, didn't What love did it. you like about the answer? I, I mean, look, I, I got that he was thinking through it. Uh, so here's the thing. If you've ever uh, done, like, securities tests, so uh, if you've gone through a Series 7 test, if you're in financial financial world, they do a thing called what's the best answer, not the right answer. What's the best answer? It wasn't the best answer was my point. Was I go, <laughs> I get what he was thinking through. I go, but in that situation, you can't take a 17-yard sack and be backed up when they're down three. I get the time and all that. What I really thought about is, man, these quarterbacks have a lot going on. Yep. He's thinking about it. He, so in his, he's actually processing this as he's starting to run. What I didn't like was you, he you, tucked you, it. you're tucking the ball now, man. I go, 17 yards loss is probably worse than the time uh, at that point. That was all. But I was also thinking more than anything, man, these guys have a tough job because he played brilliant. Other than that play... I, maybe one other one, his decision-making was awesome. But what have you done for me lately? If he doesn't drive them down in overtime right. and score a touchdown, mm -hmm. we crucify him. <laughs> but we got a really good quarterback who makes really good decisions. That was one that uh, he probably would like to do over. Yep, he would. But you know what? He got the W, and the Hawks are 1-1, one and, one, and they take on the Panthers next. So when we come back, we'll give you that Panthers preview. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. This is Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at Bellevue Collection, every Thursday at 7, right here on Seattle Sports 710, broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. I'm Michael Bumpus with my guy, Paul Moyer, a.k.a. Paul Moyer. It's time to look at these Panthers. Now, there was a time where you felt like the Seahawks played the Panthers every year. That is now the Detroit Lions, right? So now we look at these Panthers, man. I'll give you a quick rundown on what they look like, okay? They're 0-2. When it comes to total offense, they're ranked 28th in the league, averaging 260 yards per game. They're 9th when it comes to running the ball, 127 yards per game. They are 32nd. How many teams are in the league? 32. All right, they're last. When it comes <laughs> to pass offense, 133 yards per game, but that's to be expected. You have a rookie quarterback over there with no offensive line pretty much. And points per game, they're averaging 13.5. That's 30th in the league. We look at this offense, and at some point we thought we were going to see a rookie quarterback, Bryce Young, Alabama, 5'11", really 5'9", 
A buck ninety, really probably a buck seventy five, buck. Yeah, thank 80. you. Buck yeah. seventy five. You know, you know how we do. I was six one my sophomore year. I'm five eleven more. I'm five eleven. Man. That's how we, that's what we do in football. I was never six three. Nah? I was six one. Well your 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 height's legit. You take six one. Yeah, now that three back surgeries, I'm down to six foot and a quarter. <laughs> but you know, it's okay. Well, we, um I, I was hoping for Bryce. I really was. Right. You know, they're um their offense has struggled. There's no question. Defensively, I'm telling you right now, I go, everybody thinks it's going to be an easy win. You know me. I, I don't think Their that. defense is given. They're uh, eighth in the league on defense, or maybe even fifth in the league on defense. They're, they're, eighth. They're, eighth overall. They're very good on defense. They, get, they have eight sacks uh, in, in two games. They've kept them in there. They're giving up 280 yards a game. They, they got some guys. They got the kid from Washington State, Luvu who's got two and a half sacks, outside linebacker, about 235 pounds, you know, not, not big, uh, quick. Uh, pro, I don't, I think he's playing inside linebacker, so I don't think Curran, Curran's not going to face a Hutchinson this week. He's going to face more of a, a smaller outside linebacker. So, you know, they're, they're, they're a very different team. They're a 3-4 defense, but they got some players in the secondary. They got good linebackers. This will, be a, this will be a difficult test for our offense. All right, when we look at this defense, like you mentioned, they're ranked eighth overall, allowing 281 yards per game. When it comes to rush defense, they're 25th, 132 per game they're allowing. We're hoping our run game gets going against this run defense. Against the pass, which has been the strength of this offense so far through two games, they are fourth in the league, allowing 149 yards per game. So. We're looking at how we should attack this, uh, this Panthers team. And offensively, I feel like you should be stubborn with the run, even though they are pretty good against the run. Actually, they're not that great against run, 132, <laughs> 25th in the league. But I feel like you got to go at them, right? Uh, Shaq Thompson's no longer going to be there. He's done for the season. He got, he got banged up. But you mentioned Luvu, and then now you also have Burns over there as well. Against this 3-4 defense, this team that is, that is responsible for holding down the offense because of all the struggles they had, do you feel the run should be a point of emphasis early? You know, I, I was on uh, your Bob and, or Wyman and Bob this afternoon, and they asked me, what's our identity? And I said, well, I know what we want to do. We want to run the football, right? We want to take some shots downfield. I mean, that's peaked uh, along the way. It's, it's evolved a little bit. Uh, with the quick game, because last week we had a really good quick game going, and and we did different levels, uh, unlike the Rams. To me, we were all on one level, and so they were just jumping stuff. But I really believe, what do you want to try and take away? You want to take away the run from us? All right, do that. We'll, we'll take some shots downfield on you. You want to play cover two? You want, you want to go over the top, which they did a bunch with DK last week. Mm -hmm. They really said, DK, you're not going to beat us, even though we got that one down the one-yard line that open and drive. Um, I, uh, we could do whatever. We, not, we had nine receptions from our tight ends uh, on ten. Love um, that. Uh, yeah, ten, ten targets last week. I mean, that's a, a third of our targets were to the tight ends. So if you want to take away DK and the wide receivers, we got that. If you want to try and play cover two, we'll run it. I mean, we got uh, K-9 and we got Charbonnet. We, I think we can do whatever we want. We want to play quick game? You want to play? Uh, we'll play quick game. So we want to play action. Um, so when you ask me, let's run it. Yeah, we're always going to try to run it. And I think we'll be successful 
you know, 75, 80% of the time. Because I think we got the kind of guys up front that want to run the football. Um, and look, with Jake Curhan for sure, throw that, you know, our two you know, guards and center, I think we, we got a good running game. And we got a good mix with, with running back. So long-winded answer to your question, we're always going to try to run it. Okay. Um, but if you want, if you're determined to take that away, I'm going over the top with you. I'm going to take some big shots. And that's what I thought we did dif- a little bit different from the first game. We, we got to get better at that. If you go look at our top 10 plays from last week, I think we only had three or four over 20 yards. Uh, Detroit had more than that uh, on us. Uh, you go to the Rams, they doubled us in, in the top 10 plays. They had like 217 yards. We had about 120, not quite double, but you, you get my point on this. We live by the big play. But if you don't, if, if you're determined you're not going to give up the big throw, we'll, we'll quit gaming all day and, and run it. So that's my long-winded answer is tell me what you want to take away. We'll do whatever we need to do. Ooh, he's saying whatever you want to do, we got to answer for it. Pretty I, much I, what I, you're and I do believe that. Yeah, I, I believe I'm with that you. offensively. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think you got two really good running backs back there. You have a quarterback who's more than capable. Tight ends are getting involved. We still haven't seen the best out of JSN yet, right? You got Tyler Lockett with his signature game. We're waiting on DK to have his. So let's go to the other side. All right. So we were excited. I'm thinking, look, give me a rookie quarterback all day for sure. We're going to oh, blitz no. him. We're going to disguise things. But now Andy Dalton is under center and he makes me way more nervous than Bryce Young. Why? Because I've seen Colt McCoy in a Cardinals uniform come in here as a backup and win it. I've seen Colt McCoy as a giant as a backup come in here and win it. I've seen Walford for the Rams come up in here and win it. Uh, and I think we saw Andy Dalton as a saint. Last year. <laughs> Last year, go win it. So there's something about the backup quarterbacks that, that scare me. But despite him being a backup quarterback, he has thousands of reps in this league. You compare that to a couple hundred, maybe 150 reps by Bryce Young. Why am I nervous about Andy Dalton? Well, I think what you're, why you're nervous is he's capable. Um, he's 4-1 and one versus us as, as a starter. And so that, that should make you nervous. He's not going to turn the ball over. If you go and look at what the big difference between uh, Carolina and us is, they're minus three in turnover ratio. We're plus three in turn, turnover ratio. You know, that, that's a, a huge part of it. He's capable. If you go and look at him last year when he was at New Orleans, he completed 66% of his passes. Bryce was... Uh, completing 59 through two games. It's a veteran guy. You're nervous because now you got to go play well. You know Bryce Young was not going to beat us. Uh, A a rookie quarterback with a bad football team offense isn't going to beat you. A veteran, you better not turn the ball. You better play well. So now we're going... We got to play well to beat this team rather than we can slop it around and win. That's why you're nervous. And for for you... Like, you know, veteran quarterback, you're an offensive coordinator. You, you mm-hmm. want a freshman or you want a senior? I'll take that senior. All day. With limited ability. Thank you. But knows that offense. You want me. <laughs> I want more. <laughs> limited ability. That's what I want. No, more. It was nice. Come on, 2-1. You tell me to do that. It was nice, 2-1. 2-1. And by the way, we'll talk about Witherspoon later, too. He's going to be a player for us. Yes, he is. We'll talk about him coming up. Hey, come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court where you have a chance to win gift cards from the dining district at the Bellevue Collection. Tonight, to give away gift cards to Duke Seafood at the Lake House. When we return, we're going to talk to the running back, one of the running backs. That's DJ Dallas next right here on Hawks Live.
Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. This is Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus with my man, Paul Moyer, every Thursday right here on Seattle Sports 710, broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. Got a great crowd in front of us. And right now we are joined by DJ Dallas. DJ, what's up, man? What's up? How's it going? Hey. All is well. It's a Thursday. You're taking time out of your day to holler at us, man. We appreciate you. DJ, oh, yeah, first you know of all, no oh, man, you guys, especially as tired as you guys are, man, especially coming off a big win in Detroit. So, DJ, I'm going to ask you a, a question. I'm, this is kind of an off-the-wall uh, question, but the opening kickoff, and I always watch you on the, on the, the opening kickoff return, and it's kicked into the end zone. Um, and all of a sudden, one of the guys runs by you into the end zone pretty fast, and you act like you're going to hit him. Um, first of all, do you know the guy, or is that something that you normally do? Uh, that's something I just started doing um, this year, uh, just to keep dudes on their toes. You never know. I might. The ball is in the air long enough, and uh, they get down fast enough. I might, uh, <laughs> I might take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it would. I hadn't seen you do that before, and I go, okay, that was kind of cool. I, I I thought maybe you knew him and you were kind of messing with him, so just had to ask that question. Nah, DJ, um, I love that. And also, I want to thank you for coming out to an event that I host, Please Versus Cancer. You came out last year and and showed these kids some love. So, um, but man, let's talk some football. You guys got a room that is full of talent. But they bring in talent, and, and somehow you stay relevant. Man, I love watching what you do. You're probably the most versatile running back in that room when it comes to kickoff return, getting down, covering punts and kickoffs. Has that always been a part of your game to be extremely versatile? I know you started at Miami as a receiver, if I'm not mistaken. Um, just talk about your versatility and how that's helped you um, in the NFL. Uh, I feel like playing multiple positions just kind of helped me, uh, you know, really be a, a plug-and-play guy. Um, I I like to be a plug-and-play guy. I like to bring value to the team. I like to help the team win. And, um, yeah, man, just growing up, you know, play, playing a ton of different positions just kind of helped me, helped me fit into my role here with the, with the Seahawks. So I'm, I'm blessed to have, like, all the coaches that I had in the past. And in Miami, I had, like, Coach Dugan as my receiver coach and uh, – Coach Todd Hartley, who's won the multiple national championships with uh with Georgia now, but yeah, man, I, I just I just kind of attribute my success to to really my parents, Scott, and and the coaches that that I had in the past. What's remarkable here you are, DJ, in your fourth year, and you are the old man in that room, <laughs> and which is kind of weird to say, but you know, look, Pete puts an emphasis on on leadership. So talk about that role for you, because you look, you got canine second year. You obviously got uh, Charbonnet in his rookie year. You know, what's that like for you in this role? Uh, just just knowing, you know, knowing the dynamic of the room, uh, you know, nine is is the lead dog. And, um, you know, we all just follow behind him. And so, uh, yeah, man, just just being a a shoulder for them to to lean on, and uh, you know, when they need my help, I, I help out the best way I can. And like you said, I'm the oldest in the room, and I, I just try to set the example every day. Not not necessarily it being uh, verbally, but 
just just how I work and how I come to work every day and, and try to be the best pro possible. DJ, I was a returner back in my day, and the return game was in full effect. Nowadays, it seems like they're trying to eliminate it. Do you ever just have the urge sometimes to say, you know what, I'm taking this thing out five yards deep in the end zone. Let me see if I can get busy. Nope, never. <laughs> no, nah, heck, nah. I, uh, you know, it, it just comes down to knowing who you are, man, and knowing, knowing what the scheme of of the the return is. And sometimes our scheme, you know, I can, I can take one four deep or three deep, and uh, you know, five might be pushing it. But uh, yeah, man, just just knowing the scheme of of the week and. Uh, just trusting Izzo and trusting the guys to to execute. And then, I, shoot, I got the easy easy job. All right, so we got about 1,000 people here listening in, in front of us right now. Big 12s, man, every, every Thursday night. We need to get you down here. Thank you. Yep. And can man, you – I don't – I know it's it's look the, you know the twelves man they don't play I mean they are they're 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 supporters look that second half against the Rams you, you throw it away but can you try to articulate what you guys did or what that was going on there and how you guys made that transformation to last week which was so efficient it was it was you know it's it's what we're used to what was the biggest difference from that Detroit game to the Ram game for you. Uh, I think it was really everybody trusting each other uh, coming coming back uh, from that loss. You know, we all just kind of – it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like Seahawks football. And, um, you know, Bobby got us up one day uh, in practice last week and said we can't feel sorry for ourselves. You know, yeah, we dropped the game, but a game that we really didn't want to drop, especially at home. And uh, he just got us up and, and said we can't feel sorry, and we just went back to work, trusting each other, and uh, just we just kind of really went to work on uh, on winning our one on ones, and that's what it, it really came down to: having fun, bringing the energy because we felt like our energy was down. Just bringing the energy, bringing bringing the passion that that the Twelves love to see at Lumen, and uh, yeah, we just we just took it to Detroit and you know, kind of kind of took it and ran with it. And hopefully we can, you know, do our thing this Sunday. All right, DJ, I need some info, inside information. I'm not going to ask you about scheme or nothing, but every Thursday, um, my co-host Stacy and I, we do a show from the VMAC, and we show up around 9 o'clock. And our room is right next to the meeting room, and it is the loudest meeting room I've ever experienced in my <laughs> life. Through the walls, the music is bumping. Y'all are cheering. What's going on in that room at nine o'clock in the morning? I can't. I can't give you too much, but <laughs> you know, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of lock in. Like we we're always locked in, but it's I like to call it the the mix between you know juice juice and focus. So it's a focus juice, and uh, yeah, man, we come in, we love on each other. You know, you get film shown. Pete talks, the vets talk, and uh, yeah, man, we we play a little hoop, you know, and uh, we kick it, man. We we kick it. We have fun, and that's what this game is about, and that's what this team was founded on. It was built on having fun and and winning freaking football games. What's what? What's your jumper like, DJ? You say you shoot hoop. <laughs> Every football player think they can hoop. 
What's your jumper like? Nah, see, I ain't, I ain't going to tell you that I could hoop. But I, <laughs> I get the job done. I get it done. That's Hey, I get the job done. And, uh, yeah, I, I got called up to shoot a couple times. You know, I ain't going to tell you my record. But, yeah, you know, I, I hold it down. All right. I think DJ should be playing defense, my man. Cause, you know why? Because he, I know he's Ding up on people. All right, so DJ, a little, little more on the personal side. So you, you grew up in Georgia. You go to, to Miami. You know, you're down south there, warm weather. Now you got four years in the Northwest. Just, just talk about that experience. I mean, do you, do you, do you hang out here in the off season? Tell me just what you, you love about the Northwest here. Yeah, I, I spend a good bit of time up here, but. Um... You know, uh, when I got drafted here, folks told me like, "Oh yeah, man, it doesn't snow in Seattle. It doesn't snow, doesn't snow." Every year I've been here for the last two years, <laughs> it snow, it snowed, and then it's like, "Dang, I got a big truck, and I'm I'm maneuvering through the city, and a lot of people are stuck on the side of the road, or you know, you see a couple of wrecks, and I'm like, "Dang, I'm not used to this." But being that it's my fourth year, I'm anticipating the snow. I got the snow tires ready, but you know, that's like the only thing that was that was like kind of a culture shock. Just the snow coming from Miami to to Seattle was, you know, that was really the only thing I had to get used to. I'm a truck guy myself, DJ. That's a good move, man. And a uh, good move by the Hawks is keeping you around, man. I love watching what you're doing. Keep contributing, and uh, you enjoy your Thursday night, man. We appreciate you taking time. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys. All right. That was DJ Dallas, a versatile running back for the Seahawks. When we come back, we'll go around the NFL, talk about some things that's going down. That's next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. You are listening to Hawks Live. We were just joined by two of the cutest kids in the world. We're both fathers. Ain't nothing like a cute kid. I could be mad all day. Mm. I see a cute kid, I just fall into dad mode and just melt. I'm about to have my second grandchild coming up here in October. Yeah? Oh, man, I cannot wait. Yes, it is. Look, being a grandpa, they always talk about how unbelievable it is. It is. It's so much better. I mean, it's better than they even say, and I, I thought it was going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, my little, my little Lennon, man, she's my, my baby girl. But then I got Talia coming in October 12th. All right. Yeah. All right. Moye. I yes. remember when you were just a dad. I know. Now you're a granddad. I am. Look I'm, a, at, I'm a better granddad than a dad. All right. That's usually how it works, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's I easy. Spoil them you rotten. spoil them and then go ahead. She always wants to FaceTime me. Yeah? Yeah. She's like, you know, G-Pops. 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 Yep. All right. Let's take a trip. I'm going to go down to Texas with you and visit your grandbabies. Come on. Let's we, do it. They got some golf. They got the new golf course uh, in Frisco, uh, the, the, uh, the PGA of America. It is um, so they have these suites now that from your suite you can hit golf balls in the driving range. Really? Oh, it's unbelievable. We got to go. 
You buy, I'll, I'll set us up. Gotcha. Yeah. I hear they're building a new Disneyland over there, too, they, in Frisco. They're, they're building something. I can't remember what it is. Is this a football uh, podcast, or are we just talking about well, life Well, I right mean, now? look, we're going to play the Cowboys. Frisco is where the <laughs> Cowboys have their practice facility, even though they play over in Arlington, which is about an hour drive away from there. But um, So thanks for making the football connection. I'm here. This, got, this is got, around the NFL segment. Look, what we are is we are we give a little bit to everybody, right? I mean, you can't just all go hardcore football. <laughs> no. And by the way, uh, for our listeners, uh, Toronto lost to the Yankees. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, my God, this weekend's going to be awesome. We got the Seahawks. We got the Mariners. So this has become a dad podcast, a yeah. golf podcast, a baseball podcast, and now we're back to football going around the NFL. Let's do it. So let's start with Justin Fields, man. Justin Fields, this year, in two games, he's completing 59% of his passes. Sorry, 60% of his passes. He has two touchdowns and three interceptions. Now, he was asked um, by reporters, like, what's going on? You know, and uh, he didn't have the right answer. (laughs) He didn't have the right answer. He goes, you know, it could be coaching, he says. Mm. At the end of the day, they're going to do their job when they're giving me the chance to do it, right? He's going to do their job. I, I can't be thinking about that when the game comes around, I prepare myself. He essentially says, look, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but maybe they're not putting me in the right situation. Goodness gracious, you would think he's a rookie in the NFL. You do not talk about your coaches that way. Mm. If anything, you give the boring answer. I'm going to go out there and do my job every day. I'm going to prepare really hard. I trust my guys. My coach is going to put me in the right situation. Once you deviate from the plan, you give us something to talk about. He's got the rock. The play is called, but after that, you know, the canvas is blank. You can go wherever you want with the ball. I've never heard a quarterback or somebody say, oh, you know what, we didn't run enough with our quarterback. You didn't call enough running plays for me. Uh, look, in this league, look, he's a great fantasy uh, football pick, no question about it. But in this game, you got to be able to throw the ball. You're completing 59 60% of your passes. You're just not going to win. You're going you're to light up the fantasy board. Uh, I, I, again, I, I'm pulling for him. I like him. I, I, I want him to do well, but I go, I've seen enough. He's just not a good enough thrower. You know, um, there are guys who are fantastic runners and can throw. But if you can only run and just throw okay, I just don't see that success. I mean, I go through all the guys who used to run well. I mean, Vic. But they could throw the ball. Right. You know, I mean, same thing with uh, Lamar. Lamar could throw the ball. You know, that's just a, an extension. Russell Wilson. Russell could back when way back when he could throw the ball. <laughs> uh, not so much anymore. Um, but, you know, the, there was a weapon to the running game as well. And so I feel bad for him a little bit. You know, you know maybe they do really need to say, hey, look, we're going to treat you as a college running quarterback and throw it uh, when there's the opportunities. Well, he rushed for 1,000 yards last year, and um, they're trying to get away from that. They're trying to make him a traditional NFL quarterback. I think he needs to grow in that sense to where he has to be able to sit in the pocket, diagnose, here's the coverage. My read is one, two to three, check down. But I also think that you can't take away what makes him special. So maybe there's some truth to how the coaches are using him, but you do not talk about your coaches no. to the media like that. You just don't do it. You just don't do it. Not a good look. And, and the other thing is, know your strengths, man. It coaches, players. I, 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 we 
I brought up Russell Wilson a bit ago. Russell was a really good quarterback for us. When he, when, when he let Pete and the staff say, this is what you're good at. Right. And then all of a sudden, pride gets in the way. And, oh, I got to throw it 40, 50 times a game. You know, I'm like, look, how do we win a football game? That's what makes you a great quarterback. Is Tom Brady, was he the best thrower in, in history? No. I mean, Aaron Rodgers to me is. But he was the best quarterback in history because he won so many games. He knew his strengths with quick game. He didn't have a deep ball. If all of a sudden he was in a system where we're going to play action all day and throw deep balls, Tom Brady wouldn't have been as successful. Right. So I, I do agree that the coach has got to play to his strengths. But, man, don't be, don't be blaming it on him. you got the rock, man. If you want to go run, audible. <laughs> most, of the plays, Omaha. most of the plays are RPOs now anyways. Right. You get to decide. Do you want to run it or throw it? So that sounds like a big excuse. Yep, I agree. All right, let's move along. All right. How about these Rams? Are they better than what we thought they were? Mm. I'm looking at the Rams week one. No Cooper Cup. Cam Makers is back. He's gone now. He's in Minnesota. And I'm thinking, okay, Sean McVay, the only thing that kept me humble when it comes to facing the Rams is that Sean McVay is a smart man, and he puts his players in position to have success. And then you have Matthew Stafford, who I think now is for sure a Hall of Fame-type quarterback. Before he got to the Rams, he was one of those guys who was really good, maybe not, um, probably doesn't get the jacket. So what do you think about the Rams? Are they better than what we thought? Um... I, I think we played. Almost, and, then, and, then, and then played the Niners pretty tough, too. No, they did. Uh, yes, they're better than we thought. Were they better than. Um, are they going to be as good as we played in the first week? No, I don't believe that. I think Sean McVay, if you go look at Sean McVay's body language last year, it was that they were all jovial, right? Right. You know, he started like, I'm calling it. Well, I watched him the last two games. Oh, he's into every play. Mm -hmm. And he is a really good coach. I mean, he finds matchups. He, he creates uh, opportunities for his players as good as anybody in the league. And, and maybe even, and my, I, my, maybe the best in the league. He's that good. A Shanahan, unfortunately, they're both in our, our division. Um, so I think that's part of it. There's very few coaches that I think can catapult it to. You've got to still have players. they got players. they just got young. And I believe this is a youth game anyway. So they're good. They're not as good as we play them the first week. I think they'll kind of revert back to that 500 team by the end of the year. But they're a force. Um, you know, we're going to have to play well. We certainly can't play the way we did the second half. First half, I'm telling you, we should have been up 20 to 6 on them if we just we don't even have to play well. Just don't play dumb. Let me rephrase. Let's don't play not smart. <laughs> um, and I thought we reversed that against Detroit. If we had to played the way we did against Detroit, we would have beat the Rams. All right. So um, I've adopted the Jets as like my C team because C. Aaron Rodgers is gone. That's why I've adopted the Jets, and I want to see what Zach Wilson can do. And I'm on my show Monday uh, through Friday, ten to two. Guys, holler at me if you got a chance. Sorry, the Bump and Stacy show. Hey, I listen. My producer's wife, right there, Brenna Rogers. Um, and I'm looking at Zach Wilson, I go, come on, I'm rooting for you, Zach. I'm rooting for you, Zach. Come on, give me something to believe in. Nothing to believe in so far, Moyer. Well, it, I, there's very few, few times I'll admit I was really wrong. Um, when he was coming out, I wanted to trade Russell Wilson for him. I thought he was that gifted. He had such an electric arm. I liked his confidence. You know, you, I mean, it didn't seem false at the time. 
he's, you know, he's, he's lost his way a little bit, particularly last year. I thought hard knocks showed. I, I, it, the worst thing that happened to him was Aaron Rodgers getting hurt because you could have had two, three years to sit back on him. And uh, I'm pulling for him. I, I do like him. He's got an electric arm. Man, I just, I don't know. I, I, I hope it, it turns around for them, though. All right. Hope it does. And, uh, man, it's been fun so far. Good three weeks in the NFL coming up. Are we already an hour into this? Already, man. Man, it flies by when you're with friends. Having fun, right? Yeah. Hey, come join us here at Hawks Lives at Bellevue Square Center Court where you have a chance to win gift cards from the dining district at the Bellevue Collection. Tonight, they're giving away gift cards to Duke Seafood at the Lake House. Duke Seafood and the Lake House. Dip, two different things. All right. Hey, when we return, hey, we're going to hear from Derek Hall. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Welcome back to, back to Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. Every Thursday at 7, right here, me and my guy Paul Morgan will hold you down. And right now, we are joined by Seahawk Derek Hall. Give it up one time. So before we get into, like, the Seahawks stuff, I'm going to tell you, um, back, you were probably just a little boy when I played. Uh, we went back to Auburn. I played at Washington State. We went to Auburn. And um, we're driving through the town, and some old lady stops the bus. She hops in front of the bus and gives us two fingers that you could imagine on each hand <laughs> what it was. I go, man, this is real. And then we're in the locker room, and this is when I knew about the War Eagle, man. I didn't know exactly when it happened until it got loud. It flew down, and the crowd erupted, and the floor was shaking. I looked around to my guys and said, y'all better be ready to go, man. It's, it's different down here. Um, that's when I realized that uh, the SEC football w- was a little bit different. So anybody who comes out of there, um, I just tip my, my cap to because I go, you know, I've experienced it. Like, it's, it's real down there. Um, so, you know, just show Auburn some love real quick. You oh, know, yeah, I appreciate I, it, man. But, so while we got I, – I, I'm a Southern California kid, went to Arizona State. I grew up an Auburn, Auburn fan. Pat Sullivan, who won the Heisman Trophy. Yep. I have no idea why. I just – I love their colors. And the Tigers, War Eagles, that's a little confusing, but, but what it is. <laughs> so just letting you know, even people on the West Coast are, are yep. Auburn fans. Yep, we watch oh, yeah. it. We watch yeah. it. Oh, yeah. um, man, also, another thing I want to I tell you, um, man, you were premature um, mm-hmm. as a baby. I have a son who was born premature, and mm-hmm. once I heard your story, um, I set him down and just, and just put on a video and said, look, man, you can do whatever you want to do. My man was born prematurely. He's in the league right now. Uh, so my son, Kobe, if you're listening, I got your guy, Derek Hall, right here, man. So I just appreciate <laughs> you putting your story out there for guys like my kid, man, because it meant a lot to him to kind of see your journey and right. where you are today. Yeah, man. Uh, so just about a little bit about me. I was born uh, prematurely in uh, Rocky Rocky Road uh, as a young kid, a young fella. And, uh, you know, growing up, my mom always held, held it down. Um, single mom. I worked two jobs, worked three jobs and, you know, putting herself through school as well with me and my sister. So, um, you know, she really taught me the, the, the stability of hard work. And, uh, you know, that's also a motto that they live by at Auburn, work hard work. So, uh, you know, that was instilled in me at a young age. And, 
uh, going through all the ups and downs, man, I was always scared to really put my story out there. And uh, when I had the opportunity pre-draft, you know, I jumped on it. And uh, it was really, really special for me last week down in Detroit. A young, a young kid, a young, young lady that I don't know if y'all saw yep. on the page had a sign. And, uh, man, I mean, that, this week's volume is bigger than ball at that point. So, uh, you know, it's, it's very much a blessing and amazing. I'm able to use my story to uh, elevate someone else. I love it. Appreciate it. Did, did you ever think that, yeah, thank <laughs> Did you ever think that? you that story that you would end up being a role model and the amount of attention you got from that and are are you comfortable with that do you, does it does it get old for you uh i never thought i'd be a role model because of it um but obviously with the platform uh you know i'm big in my face so i feel like god gave me the, the ability and the platform to use that to you know lift him up and just show the miracle that he worked in my life and uh you know through my family so um, no, it, it, it doesn't get old. Um, it's very, very huge. And, uh, you know, any opportunity, I can get the opportunity to, you know, let, let someone know what God has done for me and my story and my family is a blessing because, uh, you know, I was told I wouldn't be able to walk, I wouldn't be able to talk, I would be a vegetable. My mom had to take care of me my whole life, and I'm sitting here talking to you and uh, playing in the National Football League, so it's a blessing. Awesome. You, you're, definitely, you're definitely a fan favorite here with the 12. Tell, tell, tell us about your mom. I, I know, I, you know, I, I know a little bit of story and certainly, you know, the pre-draft and draft, but mm-hmm. just, just share about your mom and, and, and just that relationship. Yeah, um, very, very special. I mean, like I said, from a young age, she, she's always held the fort down uh, for the family. Um, single mother until my stepdad came in the picture and, uh, you know, still to this day, I mean, she'll do whatever she can for me and my sister. I mean, when we were younger, she did everything but still and kill, uh, you know, to make sure we had what we need. And, you know, you can't ask much for more than the mom. She'll be here tomorrow. Uh, she, she never missed a game. She comes to every single game. Me and her share a very, very special relationship. Um, since, you know, since the time I've been playing, she's been at every single one of my events. And she's made ends meet for me to get to where I need to be and help me ultimately get to the National Football League. So I can't thank her enough. I call her a million times a day. We have a routine. I call her in the morning. I call her after walkthrough. And I call her when I get off work. So Amen, man. Special That's lady. awesome. Love yeah, it. That's Love great. It. Awesome. So my dad was in the military, and his last stop was uh, Keesler Air Force Base in Biloxi, <laughs> Mississippi. Oh, yeah. So I used to go down there every summer and, and visit my dad. And that was like my introduction really to the South and what it's all about. And the mm-hmm. thing that I love about the South, man, I could go to my dad's friend's house who I've never met before. It's like family, right? Yep. I can go down the street to a house that a kid I'm just, you know, in the street on the block playing with, and, and it's nothing but family. How has the South kind of made you who you are today? Uh, number one, just my, my, my childhood, you know, troubles and, and concerns that I had. Uh, you know, there's plenty of people in the South who stood behind me, who supported me, who supported my family, and I also made sure that I had what I needed to help, you know, get to where I am. So uh, you can't be more thankful. Um, you know, the South is very, is very, very friendly. Um, you know, the people down there are amazing. And, you know, you just love and, and accept people with open arms. And, uh, you know, I kind of feel like that's my motto. Uh, you know, I, I don't look at anybody different. I treat the trash man just as well as I would the GM or, you know, the owner uh, of, of, of the franchise. So you treat everybody with respect, and, you know, that gets you a long way in life. Yep. So you grow up in Mississippi. You end up in Auburn. Tell, tell me how you get to Auburn. Yeah, crazy story. <laughs> so uh, about three days before signing day, I was going to Mississippi State. Had my mind made up. I was going to Starkville, and uh, I would always ask my mom, you know, what should I do? What should I do? She's like, I'm never going to tell you to decide where to go. So um, I was like, I'm going to Starkville. Reason being was because I went on a visit to Auburn, and a uh, coach named Rodney Garner, he pulled up my tape from my game before, so I went there on a Saturday. 
And it was their bye week. So he pulled up my tape from the game before, that night before, and I was playing awful. Like, just playing not to get hurt, trying to get through the game, trying to get through the season. And, man, he... Uh, he, he ripped me a new one. Just, just, just know that um, <laughs> if you know Rodney G, you know the kind of man that Colorful he is. Colorful language. Oh yeah, and uh, he was like, "I'm going to take my offer from you. You know, you're not going to play here. You're never going to play here." And from that point forward, I was like, "Wow." Um, that opened my eyes to a lot of different things because everybody tell you how good you are. Everybody tell you how great you are. Everybody tell you how great you're going to be. And for him to criticize my game and know that I'm not playing my best, and then also be very detrimental to, to, to take away my scholarship and everything that this place you know, wants to do for me, opened my eyes a lot. And um, you know, I reflected back on that at that time, and at that point I was like, man, you know, that's really where I want to be. The place is amazing. They had a great uh, you know, program with engineering uh, that I started out in. So you know, it, was, it, was, it was close to home, close enough to home, but far enough away to right. you know, be alone. So overall, great place, and I loved it. It's, it's a great, great story. Because, you know, Mississippi, I'm thinking, uh, you're, you're, you're going to Mississippi State. All right, so I got to ask you this question. Um, the 12s are pretty loud. I mean, they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're fanatic. And there's this thing called the Iron Bowl that so there's a couple bucket lists I want to do. I, I, I want to go to an Auburn, Alabama game. But if I go to one, one, tell me about that game. I mean, just, I don't know how you can describe it. And if I go to one, am I going to the Auburn home game or am I going to the Bama home game? To answer your second question, you're going to the Auburn game. Okay. You know where you're going. Boy, come on, man. It's Look, I set him up a little bit. <laughs> no, nah, man, it's, it's Jordan Hare. Uh, that place is very, very special. And a lot of people say it's cursed because when you come in there and play Auburn, it don't matter who you are, what you're going to do, crazy things happen. Um, but Facts. that game. I've experienced that, yes. That game is insane. Uh, you know, that week, it's also the week of Thanksgiving. So um, that week is the week you don't see any red. No signs with that other school on there. I, 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 we refer to them as the other school. I don't say that. I don't say that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we definitely refer to them as the other school. But that other school, you don't see no fans. You don't see that color. You don't see any cars with the decals on it. You don't see anything. It's like a ghost town. And uh, come about 5 o'clock Thursday night, everybody's rushing to town. Uh, crazy, crazy environment, crazy, crazy experience, and uh, it's, it's one of a kind game. When you run out there on that field, it is the loudest, greatest atmosphere in, in college football. Hands down, Auburn is the greatest place to play football, and uh, the Iron Bowl is different, man. Like I said, it's, 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 it's guys who don't like each other. You respect each other, but you don't like each other, and uh, going out and playing that game, it holds a lot of freaking weight. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's probably the best rivalry in college football, uh, in a lot of people's opinion. It is the very best, in my opinion, obviously, but it's a very, very special game, so, I mean, that's how deep it is. Uh, you know, you don't see that. You don't hear that. It's, it's all about going out and beating that school. Yep. So, for, for, by the way, we're visiting with Derek Hall, 37th pick in his past draft with the Seahawks, and you can hear the passion right there, man. Oh, yeah. That was real, and he had no problem telling that story. No, nah, you feel it. You feel yeah. it. It's real, man. So now you're in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. And um, when you leave college, obviously you played in probably the best conference when it comes to college football. You're in the NFL. Everybody is good. Oh, I yeah. mean, people look at the team with two wins in the league and say, oh, those guys are bad. I go, line them up. Those dudes can play. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your first experience like? Now, you had the, the preseason, but I would imagine, uh, I, I know, that it, it steps up a notch in the regular season. What was that first NFL snap like for you? Uh, so lucky for me, my first one was on special teams. Uh, had opportunity right down to kickoff. 
uh, get a little bit of contact, get all the judges knocked out. But that first defensive play was huge. Um, you know, watching guys, Jay Reed, Chenna, Wags, Hall of Famer, you know, you got freaking, you got Q Diggs, who's been doing it a long time. You got Geno out there, Will Diz, T-Lock. You know, you got all these greats that you grew up watching, and you're like, dang, like I'm really in the National I'm Football League. I'm out here playing with these yeah. guys. And you can't take that for granted, man. It's, it's very, very special. Not many people in the world get this opportunity, so you have to learn how to stack days. But, I mean, man, that first freaking play was everything to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just happened to look down. I got the NFL patch. I got the rookie premier patch. And it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was special. It was special. It's something I remember for the rest of my life. It's yeah. nice to get that first paycheck, too. It's its second week already. So <laughs> the, the, that bank account's nice. Which Look, you're a humble guy, and I know that's not necessarily why you play, but it's still nice to get. But tell yeah. the people here, what do you like to do? Look, it's all about football here, but you got to have some downtime. I know you're down south. You and I chatted a little bit about some of your passions as well. But talk about what you really love from a hobby standpoint. Trucks. If Trucks. I, if I had to say one thing, big, big truck guy. Um... Uh, so, being from the South, we have a lot of vehicle events like scraping the coast, jeeping the coast, cruising the coast. So, I grew up a lot around it. And, uh, you know, growing up, grew, was around it a lot. My uncle happened to be a mechanic, got to college, saved 20 grand my first year, went and bought my first truck. Good for you. So, um, it was 2014, ran 1500, put a little small on, small lift on it, nothing much. Uh, some, some 26s and 35s. Hey, let's and go. Then, <laughs> then I wanted to grow, and then I went to 8 inch lift on 26 and 37s. And now that truck is on a 15 inch lift on 28s and 40s. <laughs> and then I got this big truck that I built as a gift to myself through the combine process to tell a lot about my story and my foundation. Uh, that's on a 30 inch lift and 30s and 44s. So, uh, man, it's, it's, it's something that I really enjoy doing. It gets me away, um, you know, but outside of that, I also fish, I hunt, I golf. So I do a you lot of golf? different things. Oh, yeah. Mike? Come on. I've never called you Mike before. I said even that was weird. Is there a Mike like a Mike? We like a so real quick. I'm gonna throw a shout out because Ducks Unlimited and all those people for you guys out there who you know I know. Great guides. Give us a shout. We got to get him out, and let's get him out hunting and fishing here because he thinks the salt water south down south on the Gulf Coast is the best fishing. We got to show him what the Northwest is all about. So I'm throwing it out to all you guys right now. Oh yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. All right. So before I let you go, I'm, uh, I'm gonna leave you with a comment. I'm a truck guy myself, but not like you. I just buy the truck and look good. It's sitting low, the low pro tires. We gotta, we gotta, hey, we gotta windows keep you tinted. Lifted, you know what I mean? I'm good. I'm good to go. Not a truck guy like You're a dad. you. But uh, once I hopped in the truck. I told my wife, I go, I'll never drive anything else. This is, this is it for me. Mm -hmm. As much gas as I waste, oh, yeah. it's all good. I'm a truck dude. You got a diesel? Uh, no, nah, no diesel. You need to get no. a diesel. You'll save, right. you see? You see? save a lot more miles. Hey, that's the thing. I'm scared to talk oh. about trucks because then you talk to a real truck guy. But like, listen, you got to have this, this, that, and that, and the third. I ain't, I ain't there yet. Nah, I ain't, right. ain't going to do that. I'm going to get with you. I'm going to hit you up on Twitter. You, you, Let's you, do it. You can educate me about, about the trucks. You. I got right. you. Hey, give it up one more time for Derry Hall. Thank you. All right, when we return, we'll go inside the film room. We'll look at it. Tinder Wilson's forced fumble, Trey Brown's pick six, and Tyler Lockett with the game-winning touchdown. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. You are listening to Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. Every Thursday at 7, me, Michael Bumpus, my guy Paul Moyer, will be right here at Bellevue Square Center Court with the best crowd in all the land. We appreciate you guys for showing up. 
time to go inside the film room. This is when Paul and I, all right, we, uh, we satisfy our need for football. <laughs> we talk a lot in this one. We love breaking down film and trying to figure out who did what and why he did it and, and how things unfolded. This is why we love this game. So this first play, we're going to break down Echenenduosu's forced fumble on David Montgomery to start the second half. Single setback behind him. That's Montgomery. Two tight ends. Winged on the right side. Montgomery gets hit in the backfield. He fumbles the football. The Seahawks are there. Do they get on the ball? They do. The Seahawks have their second takeaway of the season. A recovered fumble. Montgomery hit. Gives up the ball. And it's Jaron Reed who comes up with it. And he takes a little walk to the far end zone. The fans are booing him, and he says, I got the ball. And the Seahawks have possession, trailing by seven. First play of this second half. Man, this is what this defense needed. This team needed for the start of the second half, right? Their second takeaway of the year. Lions come out. They're just running zone, right? Got double tights to the right side. They're going to run a zone left. What you see, Moyer? Uh, you know, this is kind of simple, man. It's just... This is Uchenin Nuosu, who, who's been playing fantastic, by the way. I mean, uh, we, we know what he can do off the edge rushing. But his game right now in the run game is really impressive. And even last week, I mean, he was, uh, he was a force. And in this one, he just takes a tight end. He just runs right through this tight end. I thought it was a trap initially, but it, it, the guy went in motion and ended up sitting down. So they put three tight ends over to our left. And then Uchenna Nuosu just uh, runs through this tight end. I mean, like he's paper, puts his hat right on the ball like you teach it, causes a fumble. <laughs> you know, Jaron Reed, who's played really well also. I'm hoping he plays this week. I know he's a little nicked up right now. Um, who's, he's played really well also. I mean, we, we've done some good things in the run game. I mean, it's just an effort play. You know, so much of the game now is turned into this passive game, right? right. Where you everybody's using their hands, and don't get me wrong, you got to use your hands. You got to keep people off you, and you got to get extension and all that. But sometimes you just got to knock the crap out of somebody, <laughs> and that's what he did. He just knocked the crap out of somebody, ran through it, and caused a fumble. Man, it's just you know what it remind me of what we used to do in high school, you know I mean? in college. So great play, man. I, I'm just he's, he's playing so well right now. Man, this is just violence. This is, you're in front of me, I'm running through you, then I'm getting to the backfield, to the ball carrier, and I'm lighting his you-know-what up. Yeah. I wish this was on uh, Sirius XM or whatever they call it so we can drop some bombs if we wanted to. But like, I, like I got to keep it PG. Yeah, I got to keep it PG. We should though. do a podcast. We should do a podcast. Should we do a podcast? Maybe I we think should we should do a podcast. Because then I'd be able to say exactly what I want to say. He lit his you-know-what up, and you love to see this. And this is after right the very first play of the second half. Last week, going into the second half, the vibes were all bad. So Echenna Nwosu, on his own, said, you know what? I'm going to make sure that we get back to doing what we're doing, and I'm going to make a play. Great job there. Two or three plays later, Ken Walker scores the touchdown. Uh, beautiful sequence there. Yeah, man, you get turnovers. We had none last week, and now we're, what, plus? We had three last week, and now we're plus three. At that, had a pick six. I think we had three. All right. I'll take a word uh, for it. Producer NASA, where did he go? I, I think we it. had three. He's well, escorting Derek Hall. Uh, that's a good one to, to do. By the way, NASA's the we, producer and he's security guard. Can we talk? Uh, Derek Hall, we just had on. 
what an unbelievable human being. Right, good dude. That was a great, I mean, I'd like to think it, it was a great interview because of our questions, but <laughs> I think he made the, the answers really good from our dumb questions. Yeah, but. we've done a lot of these. That was one of the best Yeah, ones. it was really good. All right, next play is Trey Brown's 40-yard pick six. Second down and 15 now at the 35. Goff wants to throw. Steps up, throws. Behind, it's intercepted. Seahawks have it the other way. Trey Brown, he's going to go. 10-5, touchdown, Seahawks. Goff looks outside one too many times. Dave stared down his receiver, and Trey Brown was there for the pick six, and the Seahawks stretch their lead to 30-21. to the Seahawks have been hanging into this one here in the second half. They have exploded. All right. Once again, Uchenna affects the play. Trey Brown has an interception. He had himself a good day, that Trey Brown. Did he? He did. He That's did your guy, six. too. That's a pretty good day. That's your guy. He also had a sack, too, though. Uh, sack, well, so he had a sack be- right before this play. Right. Yeah, he had two back-to-backers that were really good. All right, so what are you seeing here? No, you go first. All right, I'll go first. All right, cool. All right, we got a Chenna over there on the uh, the right side of the offense. No, and he's like a, on the left side. I'm, it's I'm, the defense. I'm, I'm offense. Okay? No, you're not. So I look at it from the offensive do, side. Do I ever he's say? On the right do I ever side. say DK Metcalf was lined up left when he was on the right side of the offense? I don't know what you say. Okay. I just know what I. Just this is said. what happens. This is why I, we need I, a podcast. I know what I just said. Okay. okay he, go he's ahead. on. He's on the offense's right side. Moye in a wide nine technique. That means like he's not even on the shoulder of that tackle. He goes, look, I'm going to widen out and get myself some room to work, try to manipulate this tackle right here. And he fires off the football, puts pressure on Jared Goff. He feels it. I think, are we in agreement he might have tipped this football? You think he did? Yeah, I couldn't tell. It's really hard to see. The, the, the throw was so far behind the, the slant route that it had to have been. I mean, Goff has been pretty accurate this year. Yeah, so he might have tipped the football. Goff at least feels him. And Trey Brown is being where he's supposed to be. Sometimes it's as simple as that. Be where you're supposed to be, and you might get a gift. And number 22 gets that thing, takes that thing to the house. Defense, when the defense is scoring points, that's a good day. Well, I mean, yeah, I I know we're plus three in turnover ratio. I don't know if we had two or three last week, but uh, that – one was huge. That fumble was huge. And the only thing I could add to this is uh, Uchenna Nwosu is an outside linebacker. In that particular case, he was the left outside linebacker right. coming off the edge, not the right side. Goodness gracious. That's it. That's all tomato, I got. tomato. Shoot him, shot him, get him, <laughs> got him. That's what I say. That's all I got. All right. On to the next one. This last one, man, the winning touchdown. Geno Smith finds Tyler Lockett for the game winner in overtime. Geno from the shotgun with Walker beside him. Three wide receivers in the game. Geno is looking, looking. Now he throws far side. It's Lockett. Does he reach the ball across? He does. Yeah. It's over, yes. baby. Touchdown, Seahawks. Tyler Lockett on a little pass out into the right side flat. Reaches the ball across the pylon. He scores. They're going to check to be sure. But all you got to do is get the ball across the top of the pylon. And he touches it. And that is good for a first down. Knee out of bounds. Tyler Lockett, my hero. Game over. Seahawks win 37-31. to 31. <laughs> 
I, here's what we remember. So we're in a conference room uh, at the radio station, as you mentioned, in, in this glass area, and we're watching a big screen TV. And all we were talking about is we cannot kick a field goal here. We have to score a touchdown. We cannot let this happen. So on this play, and you got Tyler Lockett, who's on the offense's right not def- and, and defense's left. Um, but Geno Smith actually looks to his left. DK is lined up outside wide all the way to the left. He looks to his left, but they almost triple team him. They got the safety who's looking for the slant. They got the corners looking for the fade. They actually drop a linebacker back who probably had the running back. So there's three guys. There's nowhere to throw it. And Geno comes off it extremely quick. And then he looks back right side. And Geno, to me, has has one of the best feels for a pass rush. So he feels pressure immediately because uh, Hutchinson gets really high upfield on that one. It was actually a hard one for Jake Curran, who's not expecting Gino to roll out to the right. He right. probably would have thought he would have stepped up in the pocket. But that's because the play was designed to go to the left, and Gino said, nothing there. I have to go right, and the one I'm looking for is all the way to the sideline. That's a really tough, dangerous throw if he sits in the pocket. So a quarterback is going to probably want to get outside the pocket for that throw. Gino, more athletic than I think people give him credit for, um, just slides out just, just enough. It's a perfect throw. And more importantly, you know, uh, Tyler does what he does. I mean, he says, there's a pylon there. I have to get the ball to it to score. Uh, and he does. And I, I wish you guys could have been in the conference room with this because we <laughs> – we're fans too, right? We got to be professional and tell you like it is. But we went nuts on that play. We're we're standing up. We're pacing around the office. Mm. Got a score right here. Our producer Nash Chobi is the coolest dude on the block. He's mm-hmm. standing up. I mean, we're we're feeling it. We're twelves in that moment right there. And um, what I I saw this when I'm looking at the all twenty two, and I'm saying, yeah, they better bracket. Number 14. Got a corner safety over the top. Then you mentioned that outside guy, whether he be a a nickel or outside backer. He's looking for anything underneath. Safety over the top. You got a corner on the outside. They are paying attention to DK Metcalf. On the other side, as a defender, I know you hate this because there's a nice, there's a there's a little pick, little rub there from Tyler Lockett. All right, pick. Just be honest. That's all I'm saying. It's not a rub. It's a pick. It's an illegal play. I get it. It's a rub. But it works. Just because you don't like it, I'm gonna say it's a rub, okay? (laughs) It was a rub. And uh, Tyler Lockett uh, picks uh, JSN's guy. He shows like a little uh, an out. I call it a whip when you go in and you, and you go back out. Um, little Hard whip. to defend, by yeah, the way. Tough, right? Especially it's when impossible. you're especially when you're a man on this side. There's zone to the back side with DK. Looks like they're man over here to the front side, and um, he creates some space. And like you mentioned, Geno Smith makes this throw. Dang near falling backwards and sideways at the same time and puts it in a place where only Lockett can get the football. And Lockett just does what he does. I mean, he catches the football and then has the awareness to stay in bounds and reach for the pylon, knock that thing down. It was beautiful. We were excited. That was a heck of a week, too, for these guys. For us to give up the tying field goal, um, which, you know, we're all a little up nervous. 10. And then we win the coin flip. We all said... Go tails, go tails, go tails, yes. Uh, but to drive down and score that touchdown, man, that's just a confidence builder. We ought to feel good. This is going to be a tough game this weekend. Don't get me wrong. They got a good defense. But our offense should feel really good. But we're banged up right now. For the second week, we're going to the third week. We are banged up. We're, pr- we're not going to have our two tackles more than likely again. More than likely. And again, I'm pretty comfortable now with Curran and, and Forsyth. But 
We're, we're banged up. Will Disley, I think they've already ruled him out. Um, there's a bunch of other guys that are questionable. I know their injuries, so I'm like, we probably, we're going to probably go with a lot of backups. So don't think we're at full force and this is going to be an easy game. It's going to be really tough. So huge win in overtime. Great drive to finish that thing off. Yep. Exciting week two. Hey, guys, make sure you get out to the Bellevue Collection Dining District. So many great restaurants to choose from. Today we had our pre-show meal at Duke's. I had nothing exciting. What did you have? Well, I had the uh, crab cakes, which were to die for. And then I had the, I asked the, our, our server, I said, what do you recommend? And she recommended these, what was her name? Ashley. Ashley. She was great. She was a really, really, really wonderful server for us. Um, she said, you need to get these stuffed prawns. And they were stuffed with crab in there. And I'm not a, normally a huge crab guy. They were incredible. And then I got a carrot cake because my wife wants a dessert because she's been a little sick. So I'm bringing her home a carrot cake. I don't know how it's going to be. How long is that going to be a well, cake? I'm not, well, Does it, like, fall apart? I mean, it's been here for dang near two I'm hours I'm not going to leave it out for a we week, doing? man. I'm going home. What are we doing? Well, we got one stop after this. You make sure Mrs. Moyer gets her crab cake. She don't get her crab cake. On time. No, that's not crab. Carrot cake. Carrot cake. No, okay. crab, no. I wouldn't do that. I'd right. have to go home now. Okay. You don't want to leave that out. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah. All right. Time to talk that talk when we get back. This is when Moyer is wrong on everything that he <laughs> talks about. All right. This is the one time where Moyer's just wrong, and I'm right. You know, it's kind of like my marriage, you know? <laughs> <laughs> one time you're right? One time I'm right. All right? Like All right. That's coming up next right here on Hawks Alive. It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live. Welcome back to Hawks Live every Thursday right here on 710. I'm Michael Bumpus with my guy, Paul Moyer, a.k.a. Paul Moyer. OG. OG in the house. Yes. So this is Talk That Talk. All right. Now, me and Moyer agree on a lot, but we don't agree on a lot. So this is where we just get to put our differences out there and uh, and go to battle a little bit. But it's all Bump, love. It's Bump, all love. The, it's okay. My kids used to say, he goes, you guys fight a lot. Not you and I, but my wife. I go, no, we don't always agree. It's about conflict resolution. Facts. Okay, so you and I are great at conflict resolution. No, I want to fight, man. Well, every once in a while, I let you win. Thank you. Okay. But it's reverse psychology because I let you think you let me win when I really won. Honey, but... honey, let's get started here. <laughs> Who's, you want to go first or want me to go first? No, just let's do the question. Uh, exactly. Someone has to see already. Yet. Someone has to ask the question first. All right. Player. I'll ask the question All first. All right. Let's go. All right. So, look, run defense was an absolute issue last year. Yep. It was ugly. Uh, this year it's looked really good. I mean, and, and there's a lot of reasons for it. So... Um, through two games, I mean, they're averaging about 2.9 yards per carry. Uh, sometimes rushing yards depends on scores and stuff. But with where we've been over the last three years in the rushing game, I'm throwing out at you. Okay. The Hawks will finish this season in the top 10 in rush defense. Top 10 in rush defense. Last year, they were 30th, giving up 150 yards per game. This year, they still have to face... The Cincinnati Bengals, who aren't looking too hot. They still got a good run game in Joe Mixon. They still got Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. They still have, I would have said, the Cleveland Browns and Nick Chubb. Oh, that was shame. Man, yeah, that God hurt. bless that young man yeah, with that horrible injury. Same knee he jacked up in 2015. Um, and then I'm going to throw Najee Harris and the Steelers in there as well. 
I'm going to say with the start that they've had, sometimes it's about to start, right? Because you get so far ahead that you're allowed to maybe stumble or, you know, trip up a little bit with these games. I'm going to go out there and say, yeah, these guys have figured it out. I spoke to Jordan Brooks today and he goes, look, this defense believes in the scheme and they trust each other. So because they believe in the scheme and they trust each other, I'm going to say this Seattle Seahawks defense is going to be top 10. I, I'm i going to agree with you on this. Even in the 49ers, we had to play twice, uh, which in, uh, in the other teams you mentioned too. But here's where we are. Right now we're 13th in yards, yards, but we're third in the league in yards per attempt. So, so much has to do with the score and stuff, right? So the, the Rams ran the ball 40 times versus us for 92 yards. I mean, 40 times. Mm. You should have a, almost 200 yards. 150 for sure, right? We're allowing 2.8 yards. I'm gonna round up 2.9 yards per carry right now. That third in the league. I mean, I, I've seen, it's small sample size, but two for sure. The Rams are a good rushing team. I feel pretty confident in what we're doing. So I'm gonna say yes, okay. but so much of that dictates on how many carries they get. But in this case, I'm going to say yeah. Did you say yeah? I say yeah. Oh, we agreed. We agree. All right. You are good. You're, All right. you're a good partner. You're going to pick the kids up next week. You All right. You got it. You man. got it. All right. Next question. Devin Witherspoon will have as good or better rookie season than Reek Woolen had last year. Okay. That's a loaded question. Um, so when you say as good, are we talking about? Got to be a pro bowler. Man, that, but that's a popularity contest, too. You know how I feel about Reek. I think Reek is going to be phenomenal. He had six interceptions, and he got a lot of play. And, you know, but he's got to get, to me, I said, look, you got to get better in the run game. You got to get better in the double moves, all that stuff. I will say, by the end of the year, Witherspoon, as a complete player, mm-hmm. will be better than Woolen was last year. Okay. Complete player. So better in the run game. Um, passes defense. I just don't know if he's going to get six interceptions. That's Now that's the key right there. Six interceptions. Because that gets you to the Pro Bowl. It does. If, 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 if Reek drops two, last year he only has four, he doesn't get in. Mm-hmm. You've got to have the numbers early on. But I think as a shutdown corner, passes defense, what he does in the run game as a complete player, I will say he had a better year than uh, Reek did last year. And that's saying a lot, but I believe it. Okay. And I think Reek had, what, 14 passes defended, 14 or 15, and then Sauce Gardner had one or two more than him. That's what kind of put him over the top. But you look at the film, Sauce Gardner technically was a better DB. I'm going to say no, he's not. And I'm going to say no, he's not, because Reek Woolen is physically just a better athlete. I asked Rick Woolen to jump over these thousands of people right now. He's going to do it. I'm going to ask Rick Woolen to windmill dunk that thing. He's going to do it. So now you're, you got the, the pure athleticism with the overall corner. And I think that to the, the NFL or the, the football enthusiasts, they're going to look at it and say, okay, Rick Witherspoon had a better season. But it all comes down to accolades. Accolades get you paid. You don't get paid because Paul Moore sat here and said, you know what? Overall, he's a better guy. You know what gets you paid? Six interceptions, Pro Bowls, the respect of the league. So I'm going to say, no, he's not going to have a better season. Look, 
Witherspoon's on pace to have 32 passes defense this year. <laughs> Come on, Moyer. What? Had, Come on, Moyer. He, he had two last week. Come on, he, man. He, he missed the first game, or it would be 34. <laughs> Here's what I, I would say, and I'll close it at this. It's a good problem we have right now. It is a great problem. We got two great corners that are going to be here for a long <laughs> time. And something that, you know, Pete hasn't really had two great corners for a long time. He's had Sherm. He's had some pieces that mixed in for a year or two. You got a chance to have two pro bowlers for a long I'll time. I'll tell you this. Witherspoon has 32 passes defended. I'll take you to coach, and I'll buy you whatever you want out that store over there. Right, look, I'm just throwing out facts. <laughs> throwing them out. I mean, look, you can't argue no, with that. No, I ain't taking you. I'm taking Brenna. She probably will appreciate it more. Take All it right. Brenna. All right. We got we got only a couple minutes in the segment. Um, look, we, we're, we're banged up. Uh, Carolina's 0-2, so the odds makers have us a 10-plus I think 10 uh, point favorite going into this game going into it with Bryce Young as a quarterback and this is a healthy team I I, I would have I would have taken that yeah but we're kind of banged out we got Disley's out um, I, I think Jamal Adams may play a little bit this this, this game but we got a, 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 a reeks out probably this mm-hmm. week right we're really bad we're gonna not have two of our tackles offense tackles again um, will the Hawks beat the Panthers by 10. This the spread's Friday. ten and a half right now. Well, they beat him by ten. Y'all think beat him by ten? You can't ask the audience for help. I can do what I want to do, Moyer. Okay, we are equals. You can't tell me what to do. All right. Well, I can. You just won't listen. <laughs> no, but ain't no way, man. You know how this game goes. This is the NFL. You got a veteran quarterback. I would love for them to come out there and beat them by 10, 10 and a half, cover the spread for all the betting people out there, and you guys would be good. But, man, I thought it was going to be a close game against the Rams, at least close. You know, I knew it was going to be uh, a toss-up to who won. But I think with Andy Dalton, it's crazy that I'm sitting here saying Andy Dalton is the reason why that I think they're not going to do it. I think we might agree on this one. If Bryce Young was there, he's completing, what, 50 some percent of his passes, maybe 60 percent. I'd say, okay, that's a possibility. But with the uh, a quarterback who can run an offense, who's been around the block a couple of times, uh, I don't think it's going down. Uh, we we had a rookie quarterback uh, a few times way back when when I was uh, playing, and and we were lousy, and we brought in a veteran guy, and our team kind of just get, we got hope that we could win, that he wouldn't make mistakes, and that he would throw to the right guy and and if we just execute we had a chance to win i think carolina's gonna have that feeling too their defense is really good they're a top 10 defense right now uh and they're they're skilled enough to be a top 10 defense i'm gonna say we're gonna win this game mm-hmm. but i don't i don't think it's gonna get into double digits can i get your score prediction right now nope okay you know we hold that i up. was just trying to see if you were slipping you're new it's, it's your first week it's week one for you I'm trying to see if you were on point it's week one I've been here three weeks. I haven't thought. I haven't thought about it enough. And, <laughs> and here's the other thing: I'm lousy at it anyway, so I won't help you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, we got a little more to do. When we get back, man. We got give our final thoughts and keys to the game that is next, right here on Hawks Live. All right. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Live on air on Seattle Sports. You are listening to Hawks Live. We are live. We got the crowd. <laughs> Bellevue Square Center Court. Come holler at us every Thursday at 7 o'clock. We right here. Moyer will be sitting here with his legs crossed, looking like a distinguished gentleman. I tried. So we got John Curley over there. I go, go talk to him. He told me his son said, you know, I remember when... 
Dory and, and, and you did the show together, and, and my son said, man, you just talked so much. <laughs> I said, well, they pay me for that. That's what I mean. But you, know, day, but, you got a uh, mic. You got a mic, so yeah, you got to talk know, into the mic. Yeah, but, you know, we, we, we bring up the big hitters, I mean, you know, on this show. But this is fun. This has our, been our favorite place of all places to do Hawks Live, and we appreciate you all coming out. And a big week. Hopefully you guys are going to the game. Um, you know, it's been kind of weird. There's been some noise on the 12s haven't been as loud. Really? Uh, it, it, because of the record, you know, we're like 14 and 11 or something in the last 25 games at home. Really? And, and I, almost a, a better record on the road. I, I don't quote me on that. Uh, but there was some no talk about maybe... We're not as loud as, as we used to be. We got complacent. I, I think it's still loud. I think it's an, an electric atmosphere. You know what every, they need? Game. Drink your grown-up juice and show up and be ready to go, okay? Just no punching. Apple juice. Apple juice. Apple juice. <laughs> With a little bit of 40% uh, uh, alcohol. <laughs> I thought I thought you were gonna dance around it. I was going you to. Said, uh, but I, I I'm going think, there. I couldn't think of the, the, what it was gonna be, but uh, no. Wow. We just we, look. We, we need to look. We have a chance to go four and one, and then we got to take one game at a time. This is a really important game. It's gonna be a hard game. Uh, and then we got the Giants who who played 49ers pretty pretty well today. And then we have a bye, and then we come back with Arizona. We we, we need to be four and one because it gets tough. Yeah, it and, is. and the 12s gotta gotta push. Here's what I will tell you. You know, this is the uh, anniversary of the first uh, uh, kind of the, the Super Bowl thing, bringing them back in 2005 when we beat the Panthers, which was the most fun game because we blew them out. Got to really just enjoy that. So uh, that group's going to be coming back, so that'll be an electric atmosphere as well. Yeah, it, it should be fun, man. Well, um, the guys are making their rounds this week. We spoke to Doug Baldwin today. I'm sure every other show talked to a guy. Uh, so, yeah, man, let's get to Lumen and let's celebrate. And I think the Hawks get it done if they put the clamps on these receivers. I'm talking about Thielen. You got Chark over there. You have Mingo. There's no one there that impresses me. Granted, these guys are NFL receivers. They're good. But I think that um, with the secondary that we have, we should be okay. And then let's get after the quarterback a little bit. I'm, I'm really curious on our health. Um, it's, it's good that we're deep. I mean, Michael Jackson's probably going to start at corner. Um, but look, I mean, if you go and look at the number of questionable players right now, I think Colby Bryant's questionable. I think Diggs is questionable. I think Love is questionable. Uh, we already know Disley's out. We, I mean, there's just a lot of guys that some backups may have to play. Their defense is very good. So uh, the key to me, obviously, it's, it's always turnover. So let's just throw that off the side. Uh, we, they've, uh, Carolina's has eight sacks in two games. I think four and four as well. Uh, we we got to protect uh, Gino. I'll let Gino work his magic. We'll, we'll be fine in this game. Protect this house. Yep. Hey, special thanks to DJ Dallas and Derek Hall for joining the show. Our board operator, Max Strobel. On-site engineer is the lovely Brenna Rogers. Production assistant is Chauncey Sanders. And our executive producer is NASA Choby. The Seahawks pregame show is live this Sunday starting at 10 a.m. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Michael Bowman. my guy, Paul Moyer. We'll be back next week right here, Hawks Live.